how to make innovation in sustainability more mainstream. That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode, episode number 20. Hello and welcome to the Impact Go Rush podcast. This is the podcast for impact entrepreneurs. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of impact entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka the Sustainable Development Goals. Listen in to fellow impact entrepreneurs on their journey in this new Go Rush of making a bigger impact. Get inspired to learn how through entrepreneurship you can grow your impact to make the world a better place, leave a legacy and live a more meaningful life. I'm your host Wun Tan. In this episode, we have Francesco Cara, a serial entrepreneur and an academic. He teaches digital innovation in sustainability at the IED Milan, Institute of Design in Milan. And he shares his observation on why innovation in sustainability is growing exponentially and how some of the technology is becoming mainstream. Francesco also talks about the If You Want To platform, one of the projects I've had the opportunity to be part of uh, when I joined his team when we built this platform curating sustainable digital innovations some five years ago. If you've missed the previous episode, we had Carl Pratt of Future Planet share his journey of growing a super-engaged community of sustainability professionals. Francesco Cara, welcome to the Impact Go Rush. What have you been up to? I've been uh, teaching quite a lot. I had 80 students between November and uh, the end of February with exams uh, on a course uh, which is called Design for the Anthropocene. And so I take uh, these design students who come from different uh, disciplines, uh, from uh, industrial design, communication design, fashion design, interior design, uh, marketing, uh, photography. Um, I take them through a like 360 degrees uh, journey from uh, climate change and uh, and the environmental crisis. Uh, we get into all the different domains of human activity, starting with uh, energy production and use, uh, moving into uh, food, into agriculture and the food system. Uh, then we look, uh, we spend quite some time on industry, uh, trying to understand both the impact of industry and the circular economy, how the circular economy is changing industry. And then we go into transport, and then uh, we end up with uh, building and construction. So we really, you know, it's a, it's a big uh, tour. And uh, for each topic, we try to understand what is environmental impact what are the strategies uh, to reduce uh, the carbon and environmental impact? And then we ask the question, what design can do in that space? And sometimes design can play a role in uh, shaping communication. And other times, it's really very much about uh, material choice or uh, the way products are designed uh, for uh, uh, being repaired uh, or you know, being uh, reconditioned uh, or to get uh, to components. So, you know, we it's, it's a kind of, you know, journey uh, through all those topics. And, uh, and we end up with uh, politics. So we end up with uh, uh, the Paris Agreement and everything that has happened around the Paris Agreement, which is very interesting from the C40 city network uh, to the investors network to the brands, the companies network, to the RE100 for the renewable energies in big corporations, um, 
We look at uh, greenhouse gas protocol as a common language to measure carbon emissions. And this is how the course ends. Uh, and we do lots of case studies. Uh, so students prepare every week a case study of a brand or a climate hero. Um, and since everything is online, you know, we try to have everything uh, really interactive. What are people reacting to? You know, what, what are people picking up on? So it's... Um, so what is interesting is that uh, I, I teach in this school, which is called the European Design Institute, and uh, and they do a lot of work on sustainability, um, like uh, sustainability in fashion, uh, you know, to uh, find an alternative to the fast fashion and to very chemical heavy and water heavy processes. So they are they are very competent uh, on. Um, particular sectors and particular domains. So what they really appreciate of the course, which is something that uh, fills me with joy, is that uh, they really look at everything. Obviously, we cannot cover everything, everything, but we cover a lot of ground. And by covering a lot of ground, we see all the similarities uh, from one domain to the other. And this is really, uh, you know, something that, uh, that they appreciate a lot. And then... Uh, since it's a big group, it's an international group, half international, half Italian group, um, each of them uh, has their own uh, passion. Uh, so some people are really vegan activists. Some people are, uh, they do a lot of canoeing and uh, are very concerned uh, with hydroelectric power. Some people are really into reusing fashion. So they push the boundaries of reusing fashion. Um, some people are really exploring materials, are very into materials, so they really know well. Bamboo as a material are very critical with uh, organic cotton because uh, because they think it's an oxymoron. You cannot have organic cotton because cotton is so is uses so many resources. And you know, so so what, what is really nice is is we try to have a a, 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 a lot of conversations where they can bring in their, their own concerns, their own passions and the solutions they're working on. I've known you since I think I don't know five years, five or six years ago now. And uh, we started working together on the If You Want To project. So for people who want to, you know, explore that, like, could you share, you know, how, how it started and what was your vision and, and where it is right now? So essentially, sort of, uh, I met uh, Wun at, uh, at uh, the Clean Web meetup. And Wun was uh, one of the organizers of this meetup. And um, coming from a sort of digital background, in the sense that I worked uh, on, on uh, services, uh, digital products, applications, uh, for many years, um, I found uh, what Clean Web was doing incredibly interesting, uh, which was essentially a uh, look at uh, innovation uh, in the area of uh, sustainability, let's call it, uh, you, you, let's use a very broad ter term, where the best technologies and the best technologists were, were, were used and, and involved. And, and I found uh, through the, the meetup where startups and innovators and researchers were presenting the latest results, I thought that uh, uh, that uh, content uh, was really worth uh, a platform, a dedicated platform where people could uh, both uh, point out uh, interesting uh, uh, um, 
clean web, so uh, digital uh, products and services to live more more sustainably, um, as well as discover some of those uh, services. And so if you want to, was born out of the idea of creating a collaborative platform where people could uh, tell us about uh, about uh, things that they thought were really good, cool, uh, effective in this uh, um, environmental transition, as well as commenting, as well as rating, and and this was was how, if you want to, was was born, and uh, we started very very fast uh, thanks to the input uh, through of a number of uh, very dedicated and passionate people. So we grew our database uh, very fast. Uh, we established some uh, connections with some of the startups and new businesses. And um, and uh, you know we had uh, a, a really nice prize uh, in uh, January of the third year since uh, platform was born and the Rushlight uh, prize for uh, uh, sustainable uh, innovation in the social space and then we were part of a, a climate launchpad program with uh, EIT so sort of you know lot, lots of things happened. Um, uh, then we really, in a sense, had troubles. Uh, on the one hand, uh, uh, personal uh, issues, and uh, and so sort of, you know, in my case, since I was I was driving the project, I had to to reduce my my engagement uh, on the project itself. And then we really struggled with the business model. We really, really struggled with the business model because um, I think it was uh, a little too early as a platform. The market was more a forming market. It's so much more mature now. This was 2015 when we started. We are in 2021, and the market has matured a lot. Um, and, um, uh, and 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 if you want to, it's still up. It's still up and running because uh, it's been built in a very solid way. We haven't had uh, resources to update it uh, much, but it's up, running. It's uh, welcoming. Uh, I got a an alert uh, from uh, Google yesterday saying that, you know, we had a thousand visitors uh, last month in February. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a little, it's a little resort. It's very wide space. And in the meantime, there are similar things that have been developed. I got in touch with uh, Ubuntu uh, recently, which is more of a, a business to business platform, but very, very similar to if you want to. So, I think uh, I think sort of the, the 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 drive, the project, the idea is still uh, is still there. Is still there. Amazing. I think it's it's been such a journey, isn't it? The building that and then learning about what is happening and getting the platform up and running. For, so for me, it was my first ever venture, for first time outside of uh, insurance where I was previously in in that career path, right. So you gave me that that first opportunity, my first ticket out of insurance. Uh, so I really appreciate that, and it was such good fun um, starting that and building it together. And we learned so much every day. We were discovering these people doing amazing things and trying to capture and share the, those insights. It has been a wonderful, really wonderful couple of years. Yeah, if people want to check it out, it's the the website is iywto.com. So at the time when we started, you were, we were based in London and you've moved back to Italy. Um, and then now you're, you're sort of involved in, in the academic side of things more, giving back through, through teaching. What do you think 
uh, has it changed since you know in the last five years? What are the big changes uh, you've seen? Many things, actually. The main thing is, uh, and I, I, I uh, look, at, I, I see it very closely when I prepare my courses, is that uh, the material I use, the content I use, essentially need to be revised uh, uh, every six months. And this gives a sense of how fast uh, things are changing in the space, which is the sort of the ecological transition space, the sustainability space, the green technology spaces. We can use different labels, but essentially all this new world that we're building. And uh, I find it amazing that in six months, uh, I really need to update most of the material because uh, uptake of innovations is going much faster than what was expected because new regulations are happening that are really transforming the market because there are new innovations, new things coming into the market that are really giving a new perspective on things because society is adopting, is picking up so many behaviors that were really among early adopters five years ago and now are, you know, truly uh, late adopters. You know, they're really in the mainstream. And, uh, and this is the first thing that amazes me. And the second uh, thing that I find really interesting is that uh, uh, the knowledge, I'm thinking of my students and, and my friends and colleagues, the knowledge is growing exponentially. So people have moved uh, very fast uh, from uh, an awareness, state of awareness, to a, a level of engagement with the topic. And now uh, what matters really is action. So what I can do uh, in practice, in my life, this is really the driver. So the driver is more is not why any longer, it's not what, because people have a pretty good idea of what needs to be done, is how I can do it. And this has been a transformation, you know. When, when we were starting discovering all these innovations, these new opportunities, uh, we, we frankly, we didn't think it would have gone so fast. And now many of those innovations are mainstream and many of those opportunities are behaviors that we see on a daily basis. And this can be, you know, switching to a, a, a renewable energy, a renewable electricity provider, uh, to using sharing uh, uh, mobility, um, uh, transport uh, uh, systems. You know, all these things that were just popping up five years ago now are really truly mainstream. If you remember all the time we spent looking at uh, uh, applications uh, that uh, uh, brought uh, uh, food uh, grown locally uh, to people in cities, uh, big and small. And these were the first attempts, uh, the first uh, uh, trials of those systems. So now we have a multiplicity practically across the world. And these things are in the market are having a, way, a, a larger and larger way. We saw, if you remember, you know, we had this company uh, with electric taxis in London, who was launched, and we were at the launch, or you were at the launch, I believe, if I recall correctly. Now uh, we have uh, electrified vehicles uh, that are sold in larger numbers than diesel vehicles across Europe, and they started in July. And we have these fleets of cars, uh, electric cars, that are among us, you know, on a regular, like they're part of our, our environment. And then the third thing that that really strikes me is that there is a new way of doing business. So 
we saw five years ago, we saw um, innovators and entrepreneurs were coming uh, on the scene and they wanted uh, to do sustainable innovation to enable sustainable uh, lifestyles and uh, sustainable services. And they also were looking at uh, the social dimension things um, uh, so as not to repeat uh, uh, what uh, the previous generation of entrepreneurs did, uh, which was uh, really go for profit and uh, take any shortcut to achieve those goals. This uh, brand of entrepreneurs were quite different. And, um, and, this, uh, and this is another change. I think that five years on or six years on, um, there are entrepreneurs who can really uh, manage at the same time uh, uh, their financial objectives, their environmental goals, and their social goals. And there are more and more of those companies. They're working more and more in networks, and uh, they are operating according to, to different rules. And, uh, you know, with my students, we spend quite a lot of time analyzing those startups and, uh, you know, and they are very smart and it's a new way of doing business. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the, the entrepreneurship. Um, you know, what do you think? Do you think that um, there's a shortage of people trying to innovate or, or uh, in, in the entrepreneur space or like, is there like, because one of the, uh, one of my, my, my podcast clients he just interviewed someone who is so he's interviewing a lot of the big impact impact investors like the institutional impact investors, and he he was saying or he was observing that um, there's still a shortage of entrepreneurs, and 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 it's not that there's a shortage of impact investments like is the money is there is is that the the entrepreneurship is not uh, is not taught enough and and there are not enough entrepreneurs. What do you have a view on this? You know, I think I, and from my perspective, I, I see more an issue of uh, a market uh, of matching in the market. Um, I'm more on the entrepreneur side, and the entrepreneurs I know have real trouble uh, getting uh, uh, funds and investments in what they do. Um, so I, you know, listening to you. I, I, I hope we are not in a situation where, where they, the two communities are not talking to each other. Um, what I'm seeing, I, I'm seeing a um, very capable entrepreneur. Uh, we, we had uh, the last, uh, the last uh, uh, course was uh, at the beginning of February. Then we had exams. And we had uh, as guest uh, Nicolò from uh, an Italian uh, company called Rifo, R-I-F-O with the accent. And um, they started, uh, I think, two years ago with a crowdfunding in the city of Prato, which is in Tuscany, and is uh, the capital of uh, uh, reuse of uh, uh, textiles, uh, the Italian capital, with a very long tradition going back uh, hundreds of years years with a very active uh, Chinese community in Prato. And um, he and a friend went to Vietnam uh, on a trip and came back and they were really appalled by the uh, textile, uh, the presence of uh, these very large textile plants in Vietnam with uh, hundreds of thousands of people working for them under very uh, harsh conditions in most cases. 
and they really wanted to to do something against fast fashion. So they went back to Prato and um, they created a network of uh, people who uh, can uh, 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 process uh, the, um, um, the uh, I don't know how to call it, uh, the reused uh, fabrics uh, in a very effective way, very nice ways. And they created this brand, uh, uh, recuperating uh, Kashmir, um, having this network of companies uh, uh, process the, the Kashmir in the, in the best possible way. And then uh, the, the, the other plants are doing uh, the knitting and the, and the, you know, the, 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 the product themselves. They were designing the products. And uh, they moved really swiftly. They started with scarves, gloves, with accessories because they were one size, so easier to learn as a trade. They did very well. They moved into jumpers. Then they moved into cotton. Then they moved into jeans um, with uh, a very simple uh, value chain and a very broad uh, network of suppliers uh, that share with them a number of values. So they work with natural colors, so they don't need to use chemical colorings. Uh, they want to engage uh, um, sort of uh, fragile populations, people in the process. So they're really putting together these three elements of uh, uh, profit financial profitability, social impact, and environmental impact. Just to give you an example, um, and, uh, and I could give you several more examples. Um, uh, I'm very impressed. I think there is a lot of innovation, actually. There are lots of people, extremely smart, very open-minded, very transparent in the way they operate. So it's, uh, it's a different uh, rule book, playbook. Yeah. Interesting. For someone who is listening to this podcast, like what advice would you have for them? You know, if they are they're starting out their journey into you know creating more impact, um, you know, what 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 advice would you have for them? What I find particularly valuable is openness. I think it's really important to start with the idea, communicate that idea, circulate that idea, find partners, uh, supporters, really create network around uh, around uh, the project, around the idea. I think this is really fundamental. And within the network, identify the people that share the values of the entrepreneur so that there is a real strong bond at the most important level, which is the value driver, emotional level. So this is really important. The second thing I think that uh, is uh, looking at, uh, uh, at the, the best uh, combination of uh, uh, financial sustainability, environmental sustainability, and social progress, I think is the really right mix because you see that more and more of the markets of your potential uh, customers are very sensitive and recognize really well these, uh, these, uh, the, the, these, these new players eh, in the market. Um, Transparency is something that uh, is, uh, is, is very important. So from the beginning, be very clear that uh, one will have to give uh, as much visibility as possible on all the inner workings of the companies, on the, on the partners, who the partners are, whether if it is a hardware, if it is a product company, where the uh, 
materials uh, come from, you know, the, the whole value chain, uh, transparency on the, on, on the overall value chain. And then the last thing, because I'm a little too long in my answers, but is learning. I think learning is, is really phenomenal. Learning uh, in the sense of saying, well, at the beginning, I cannot embrace the whole of my value chain, but I can keep experimenting, learning, and extending the sustainability of my value chain. And there are some examples. There's one of the best examples I know is uh, Veja, which is a, a accessories, a, a French firm uh, doing sneakers, shoes, and, uh, and the production is in Brazil of those shoes. All the logistics is handled by a cooperative of uh, fragile people. So when the containers arrive in Marseille to be distributed across France and from France and other places, they are handled by a cooperative, which is a social and so partnership with a social enterprise that shares your, your same values. And then in Brazil, what they've been doing, they've been extending the value chain. So they have... Uh, um, uh, suppliers of uh, latex, and, and you know, and, and they they start buying the uh, uh, raw material, and then they teach the people who are collecting the the uh, uh, the what the name now sorry uh, the latex. They teach them uh, techniques to dry and prepare the latex. So they buy from them not raw material but uh, uh, ready processed material so they transfer more value to these local people in the amazons you see what i mean and constantly and then and then you know they experiment on leather from the big fish of the amazon and they so keep on experimenting and learning and extending your sustainable value chain over time in a very creative way and you know and there are many examples of that to me it's a new way uh, uh, entrepreneurs have always uh, Innovated, but I think this innovation, looking at all these three aspects, is uh, has a new flavor, a new dimension. That's those are super important um, points of view. That as entrepreneurs, we need to be very open-minded, very up for learning and experimenting. Um, so, Francesco, for for anyone who wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to to get in touch? I think the best. I'm an old school person, so my email is the best, which is. Uh, fracara at gmail.com which is uh, f fox romeo alpha kilo alpha romeo alpha at gmail.com amazing thank you for thank you for being here like it was um, yeah it's been fun good lovely to be with you <laughs> so there you go that was francesco cara what's been your biggest takeaway from this episode let us know in the comment section on our social media page. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe. This will really help us grow our podcast. And if you can think of someone that would benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. In the next episode, we have Dr. Pooch talk about the holistic health education revolution he's a part of and how he plans to get more kids and adults eat healthy with the Get Well Johnny books. So tune in to next week's episode. Thank you very much for listening in to the end of this episode. We really appreciate you. This is the Impact Gold Rush. My name is Wun Tan and I'll see you on the next episode.